Good morning, church. Thank you for tuning in. Let me challenge you right off the get-go this morning with, why are you here today? Why are you tuning into this church service? Seriously, why are you watching church today? Is it a sense of duty to go these days, watch church? Or maybe you're in a family where someone in the family wants everyone to watch church. And you know it's easier just to do it rather than to fight about it. Are you here watching because you love the Lord? You want to worship Him. You want to worship Him with other believers in the way it will be in heaven someday. Though in heaven, I doubt we're watching via video. (laughs) We'll be together, gathered, just as we'll be here, hopefully very soon. Maybe you're here because your life has gone sideways. You don't know what to do about it. You're looking for an escape out from underneath the pain and pressure of life. Or you're here kicking the tires on this Jesus thing, this whole church thing, wondering what can the church do for me? What can Jesus really do for me? Seriously, ask yourself. Why are you here? Why are you there? What are you expecting? Pray with me before we get into a scripture this morning. Lord, for whatever reason you've gathered us here today, we pray that you reveal to us the truth about our motivations. And if they need correction, that you Show us the areas in our hearts that we need to surrender to your will. We love you, Lord. We ask that you meet us and that you meet with us here and now. In Jesus' name, amen. The message today is entitled, Are You a Beggar or Are You a Believer? The book of Acts is known as a transitional book. Transitioning from Jesus being with the disciples to Jesus ascending to the right hand of God. The Holy Spirit filling the hearts of the disciples. Transitioning from Jesus doing the work of the Father to the disciples. Now carrying on the work of spreading the good news and making disciples here on this earth. So let's start with our text today. Acts 3, 1. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at an hour of prayer, the ninth hour. We need to remember the disciples are Jewish converts witnessing to Jewish people. Remember the words of Jesus just before he left this earth. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Peter and John were going to the temple to pray, and to witness to the Jews, to the Jewish people about Jesus, being obedient to the work and instruction that Jesus had left for them. 
the ninth hour, 3 p.m., the hour of sacrifice, when the Jewish people would gather to be blessed by the offering of sacrifice by the temple priests for the forgiveness of the people's sins. What an, what an opportunity for Peter and John to talk to people about the ritual of sacrifice and that there was one that had offered his life for everyone as a sacrifice for them. So they were just being obedient. Obedient followers of Jesus' instructions. Verse 2. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate, and asked alms of those entering the temple. If you're a person that underlines and writes in their Bible, I would highly recommend underlining lame from birth. He has never known the freedom of walking. His legs have never worked. Never worked in the manner in which they were designed. Why was he laid here, at this spot each day? Any of you who may have been involved in retail sales has, have heard the phrase, location, location, Location. He was brought here to the beautiful gate because it was used by many people during this time of day. He is a beggar. And in today's world, you would call him a professional beggar. There are stories of beggars getting in fights and even killing one another over certain street corners, over certain intersections in the city. And this beggar knew that the beautiful gate, knew that at the beautiful gate, a lot of people were going to temple. And he knew that that meant more of a chance for some of them. Maybe he would put a coin in his cup. He also knew that the almsgiving was one of the three pillars of the Jewish faith. Know the Torah, worship at the temple, and give alms to the poor. What better spot to beg than at the gate of the temple, where people who were going in to worship God would want to show their love for God and maybe show off a little bit to other people by giving to the poor. So he was just doing what he did day after day after day. Verse 3. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. This guy was good at what he did. We don't know for how many years he had been begging at this spot. But what we do know was that he had been doing it long enough for people to recognize him after he was healed as the man that had sat at the gate Begging year after year, day after day. As we will see down in verse 10, the only other thing that we know about this man is that he was at least 40 years old. We're told in Acts 4.22, For the man on whom this sign of healing was performed was more than 40 years old. He had been at this begging thing for a while. So he knew how to work the crowd. 
You know what I'm talking about. We all have drove by the guys standing up by Credit Now or Home Depot. Oh, don't make eye contact. Just drive by. Please, Lord, don't make the light change. So I have to stop right beside him. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. This beggar knew how to work. The people passing by make eye contact, look hopeless, and ask. So he asks Peter and John. Verse 4. And Peter directed his gaze at him. As did John and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. Peter turns the tables. He breaks the rhythm, the rhythm of this guy's begging efforts. Look at us, Peter says. Peter demands the man's attention and gets it. Remember the question I asked you at the beginning of the message? Why are you here? If you're here and, you've lo- and you love God, you understand what Jesus did for you, you have probably experienced the same attention getting from God. Look at me, God says. God has said to you, maybe in the form of a doctor's diagnosis, maybe in the form of a loved one living with pain, maybe in a spouse's abuse or infidelity, Maybe life is just out of control and you don't know where to turn. Jesus is still saying, look at me today. I have the answers, the cure, the hope. When was the last time you looked at God expecting to receive something? The beggar was expecting some money. What you are asking God for, what are you asking God for this day? Are you begging or are you a believer? God, I need, I need some more money this month. There's more days in my che- than what my checking account will allow. I need a better car. I need a better job. I need a pretty girl. I need a handsome guy. I need, I need... I need. This is what you're asking God for. It sounds more like begging than believing. Verse 6. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold. But what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and his ankles were made strong. Underline in the name of Jesus Christ. Have you ever been in a situation where you didn't have the words to address what was going on around you? I've been in more than I care to remember. The bedside of someone dying, the living room of someone that's just experienced a tragic loss. Just a couple weeks ago, I was in a home helping a brother who was struggling with the very basics, basic need of day-to-day life. And even in the middle of his struggle, 
He asked me to read him scripture and to pray. See, when you find yourself in that spot where words don't seem to be appropriate, know that just being there is enough. But you must be there in the name of Jesus. He's the only one that can bring change to your circumstances and change you from a beggar to a believer. Peter says, rise up and walk. The Greek word is one meaning forcefully take hold of and sharply raise up. Look at me in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And the man was changed. Wait, that's not the right word. He wasn't changed. He was restored. See, man is designed to be able to stand on two feet. So he wasn't changed. He was restored to the original design, the design that God had made him. Very important fact for us to realize. God wants to restore us to that original design, the garden where he walked with us where there was no sin. Jesus is a great restorer. He spit on his hands and he made the blind to see. He healed the man lowered through the roof. Get up and walk, he said. He healed the man lying beside the pool of Bethesda. Get up and take your mat. Remember what Jesus said to John the Baptist, who was in prison in Matthew 11? Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent words to his, by his disciples. He said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the good news preached to them. Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Jesus is in the restoration business. Brothers, sisters, friends, do you need restoring today? This man was restored. What was his response? Verse 8. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Can you picture this? Like a child just, just learning to walk, unstable but excited, falling but not getting hurt, bouncing up and trying again. This man on his feet for the first time in his life. Probably for the first time entering the gate that he had set outside of for so long. Not being invited in. The gate that he had only ever seen from the outside. Because he would have not been allowed inside because he was 
considered flawed. And flawed people were not allowed inside the gates of the temple. He knew who had, cha- who had changed his life. And he praised him. Verse 9. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. God knows how to draw people in. He wants people to come to him. He wants people to be filled with wonder and amazement. He loves you. So church, where is the opportunity for us to be like Peter and John? Obedient to the leading of the Spirit. So others will see the love of God and be filled with wonder and be amazed. It's not in the miracle. It's in the love. John 13 is explicit in this. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Christ is still active at work through his church restoring people to their intended design. We live at a time when the world is a dark place It seems to be getting darker by the day. But as we learned in our counseling class last week, the light is the brightest when the darkness is at its darkest. The light of Jesus is at its brightest when we shine it into the darkest corners of our lives and of our communities. As the lame man asked, expecting money, but got restoration, what are you asking for, brothers and sisters? Are you begging at the gate? Or are you praising God inside the temple? The hand has been extended. Look at me. Rise up. Walk. Jesus is here reaching out to you. Will you believe and be restored? Why are you watching today? What will you choose? Lameness or leaping? Begging or believing? Clinging to this world or clinging to Jesus. I can't make you choose, and I can't choose for you. But brothers and sisters, friends, by not choosing, you're choosing. I ask you today to choose wisely. If you need someone to talk to, 
You have two pastors and a team of elders that are here. Reach out. We'd love to sit down with you. I pray for you this day. Believer, searcher, let's get together and talk. Thank you.